0: I was hit by a car when I was six, and I suffered a brain injury. I'll get back to this, but first I want to talk about Paul and his traveling companion and co-evangelist Barnabas. In Acts chapter 14, they're in a city called Lystra, and they're on Paul's first great missionary trip of three by the way that we count them in modern times. This is a pagan Roman city that prided itself on being very Roman, despite the fact that it was actually quite near Greece, in what is today, Turkey. Nonetheless, the people there worshiped Greek gods, and there were many, many temples to the Greek god Zeus throughout the region. Here's a quote from Acts. It tells us what happens when Paul and Barnabas perform a miracle. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called out to him in a loud voice, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, These men are gods in human form they decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes, since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bowls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates, and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. Now to explain the reaction of the people of Lystra, consider this. There was a legend in the surrounding area that told of a visit to Earth by the gods Zeus and Hermes. They came in human form and so they weren't recognized. Hermes was a son of Zeus, by the way. In this story, only two people, a poor and elderly couple named Bacchus and Philemon, treated Zeus and Hermes to any hospitality. The couple gave them the last of their food, and in fact, miraculously, the food kept multiplying. The couple was startled by this miracle. It was then that Zeus and Hermes identified themselves as gods. Since no one else had received them graciously, the rest of the population was wiped out in a flood. These folks are observing Paul performing a miracle, and they're afraid that once again, Zeus and Hermes have arrived in human form, and these people are not about to make the same mistake as their mythical ancestors. So they're quick to identify Paul and Barnabas as these two gods. Note that in this time and place, people who seemed to perform miracles were often considered gods, not just the agents of gods. The people there would not have been able to conceive of Paul and Barnabas as being empowered by some god. Someone acting through a God just wasn't part of their world view. Also, Hermes was the messenger of the Olympian gods, and Hermes often spoke for the more dignified Zeus. Zeus wasn't about to chit-chat with humans. Interestingly, the word hermeneux, which refers to the interpretation of scripture, was deliberately derived from the word Hermes, as he, in a sense, interpreted the words of Zeus. Now, since Paul was doing all the talking, he was presumably Hermes. It's also believed that Paul was no more than 40 years old at the time, and Barnabas might have been a lot older. He would therefore more likely be Zeus. It's also true that since people in Lystra actively worshiped Zeus and Hermes, they regularly held festivals dedicated to these two gods. During these celebrations, people dressed up colorfully. They would sacrifice oxen and bulls, which were very expensive, and only sacrificed to the great god Zeus himself. Thus we see why the people of the town wanted to throw an impromptu festival when they inferred that the gods were present among them. They wanted to treat Zeus and Hermes the way they were normally treated. There's a subtle point that has to do with the full significance of the miracle that Paul performed. The man that he cured was probably begging for money. Throughout the larger region, people with disabilities were almost always reduced to living this way, as most people had to earn a living working with their hands and their feet and their backs. When the crowd saw this man cured, they were seeing him being healed physically, but they were also seeing him being returned to full dignity as a human. This was a very major act worthy of a God to perform. It adds to the impact of the scene to an early Christian reading Acts in Scripture. Here's what happens next in Acts, after the people of Lystra conclude that Paul and Barnabas are gods. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and they ran among the people shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings, just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. Now this issue of Paul and Barnabas ripping up their clothes needs some explanation. Tearing one's clothing was virtually required of a Jew if he heard blasphemous talk. Remember that Jews were very strong monotheists, and this was the key way in which they differentiated themselves from their ignorant oppressors, the Romans, their colonial Predecessor, the Greeks, and other cultures that the Jews considered to be decadent and sinful and oppressive. It was a great source of pride to believe that there was only a single God. Anyone who worshiped multiple gods was a sacrilegious pagan. And to be confused with these fake gods would have been horrendous. It was sacrilegious, and so they tore their clothing. Notice that Paul focuses on God being the creator of heaven and earth, and of the sea and everything in them. This would appeal to pagans who already had the concept of gods creating things that people needed to survive. This was their notion of religion. Various gods were responsible for maintaining different parts of nature that humans depended on for survival. So Paul would have kept his preaching very rudimentary and would have avoided any abstract discussion about good and evil that might confuse pagans who are not used to complex religious discussions. The whole monotheistic approach to faith was far less concrete and literal than what they were used to. So Paul and Barnabas made a tough choice when they declared themselves to not be gods. They did this because they did not want to offend the one true God. When Paul and Barnabas refused to be identified as Zeus and Hermes, they must have known that they were doing much more than saying they were just humans. They were identifying themselves as the only other beings who could perform miracles. They were essentially declaring themselves as magicians, people who performed evil miracles. Thus the people went from worshiping them to stoning them very quickly. And stoning was the punishment for blasphemy in both Roman and Jewish cultures. Indeed, stones, since they were readily available in the famous Roman roadways, were the most available weapon grabbed by mobs. What do we make of this story today? There's a strong parallel in our culture. Our society has a plethora of gods even greater than those worshiped by Greeks and Romans. We call them celebrities. Americans are obsessed with actors and singers and athletes, even just loud-mouthed people with no particular skills who happen to get the attention of the media. They take on superhuman form. This distracts from our ability to praise God and the gifts that God has given us, given even the humblest among us. We degrade ourselves by valuing Only people who have achieved fame or riches that we've not achieved. We idolize people who serve themselves, not humanity and certainly not God. Here's the last piece of this story that we'll look at. After Paul and Barnabas still have trouble keeping the people from worshiping them as gods, this is what happens. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. Paul and Barnabas did something truly heroic. They came close to sacrificing their lives to make sure that the lofty position of God was upheld and that they were not lifted up to a position equal to God. And remember that these people didn't know about science. They wouldn't have started wondering if perhaps the disabled man had been healed in some medically explainable way. Paul and Barnabas knew there was only one alternative to being gods who performed miracles, and that was being magicians who were evil and deserved to be stoned to death. Paul and Barnabas knew that we should never worship humans. Even if people can do miracles, we don't worship them. We don't worship Paul and Barnabas for being heroic either. We do honor them though. That's the difference. We worship God and we honor humans. We honor humans who deserve to be honored, and that often does not include celebrities. In fact, there are many ordinary, everyday people who are far more deserving of honor. My parents loved me, but I wasn't the most supervised kid. When I was six years old, I was out riding my bike alone in the evening. I was, however, riding legally. I was hit by a car. The driver was drunk. i landed on my head, and I was knocked unconscious, and my skull opened up. When I woke up in the emergency room, I didn't know what had happened. I'd forgotten everything. But the first thing I noticed, even though my head was a blur and I had no idea what was going on, was that I had wet myself. As a boy, that was a big deal. There was a team of people around me working on me. I looked down, I was horrified, and I was embarrassed. My pants were soaked. But guess what? A nurse saw the expression on my face. She smiled down at me. Don't worry, she said to me. Everybody wets themselves when they pass out. That's just what happens. Why, the other day we had a big football player in here who was knocked out in a game And he wet himself, too. I vividly remember an extreme feeling of relief. I was rescued. There was nothing to be ashamed of. I remember thinking that everything would be okay. And it was. I had a brain injury. But over a period of several months, it actually completely healed. I will absolutely never forget the nurse who was so tuned into the needs of a little boy that she knew what I was thinking and she intuitively knew exactly what to say to make that little boy feel better. She was my hero and she will always be my hero. I honor her. So we worship only God. We honor those who serve God And we honor those who serve those who are made in the image of God. And let's remember, Jesus himself was no celebrity. He did not own a string of mansions or a personal jet plane. Here's something from Matthew chapter eight. Jesus says the following when someone says that he will follow Jesus wherever he goes. Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. But we do worship Jesus, despite the fact that he had nothing.